Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Game day edition, Wednesday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us. Sorry, yesterday I had some technical problems. I was broadcasting uh, remotely and could not get connected. That's on me. Uh, So glad we're back, though, in advance of today's game. Much better. Uh, That was way too long to go without an Indiana game. Finally, we got Iowa last week, and I know there were plenty of issues with that game. Of course, Northwestern back on Sunday, but now we're back into that rotation. And as you look ahead at the schedule, some breaks are longer than others, but it all comes fast and furious. And college basketball, believe it or not, is rolling downhill, I feel, Uh, to March Madness. It's going to be here before you know it. Conference tournaments will be here before you know it. Believe it or not, the winter and spring weather, the winter will be over and spring weather will be here before you know it, uh, a couple, two and a half months or so away. So I very much look forward to all of that. And obviously today we're going to cover a lot with Indiana and Penn State. I've had a couple people say, I'm in some text groups with friends and IU fans and uh, listeners of the show, they say it's a must. Is this a must-win game, or it is a must-win game? I disagree. I, I don't think at all that this is a must-win game at that point. It's early January, not yet mid-January still. But I do think, based on Indiana's performances here in the new year, that a win at home against Penn State, who is a solid team, um, would be big and is definitely needed. But I'm not to the point where I put it as a must-win ball game. But Indiana is trending, and again, the key word there I think is trending. If they continue uh, the fashion that they are currently playing, they are trending toward a bubble team, which I did not think bubble and Indiana would ever be words that we put together this season. I wasn't sure that Indiana and Big Ten Championship or Final Four or anything like that would be words that we put together either, like some were throwing out there early. But I also thought Indiana would be Fairly solid from start to finish and throughout the year. There's always going to be ups and downs when you're taking on big non-conference opponents. There's always going to be ups and downs, especially with some of the road trials of the Big Ten Conference. But uh, tonight is a big one, that's for sure. It's not a must-win game, I don't think, but it definitely is a big one. And uh, look forward to it. Should be a fun one tonight. Uh, Penn State, I really like Micah Shrewsbury. Really, really like Micah Shrewsbury. He's an Indiana guy. Spent a lot of his childhood in Jeffersonville. Uh, Worked his way, truly worked his way up through the coaching ranks. That's not just a phrase that we probably all too often use for somebody that got a big break in Division I and then worked their way up. But he started at the lowest levels of college basketball 
and worked his way uh, to the Division One level, went to the NBA to be an assistant for Brad Stevens, obviously spent some great years at Purdue at the top of the game there, uh, working with Coach Painter, and then in his second stint back at Purdue working for Painter, I got the opportunity to take on his own program. So 7 o'clock game tonight, that's better. means it's not a late-night affair. You can actually get to sleep at a reasonable time. Pre-game coverage here on the Big X with Don Fisher and the broadcast crew begins at 6 p.m. And, of course, he'll have the full play-by-play story of that game uh, coming up tonight if you uh, can't make it, uh, can't watch it on TV or you want to do what I do. That's turn down the volume and listen to the great commentary of uh, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. So Indiana trying to avoid an 0-3 start in Big Ten road games. And I think I said at the start of the show it was a home game for Indiana tonight. It it is at University Park tonight. I'm not sure what I was thinking or saying there, but it's out at Penn State tonight. Uh, Nittany Lions 11-5 overall, having a solid year. But uh, not a rough start, but an okay start in conference play. They are 2-3 so far in their Big Ten uh, conference games. But we'll talk a lot more about this game coming up. Let's take a look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few minutes. So we'll have our headlines, our news of the day, more on IU Penn State coming up in this segment. Also, what in the world is going on at Kentucky? They were defeated last night by a very dismal South Carolina team. There are all sorts of rumors that Cal, this is it for him. Maybe he goes to Texas. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up as well. And uh, some high school games last night. New Albany had a big Tuesday night win. And Christian Academy of Indiana with a big win over Silver Creek in a close game as well last night. So we'll recap both of those games for you in just a moment. Later in the hour, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join us. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer for the Star, and he still joins us Wednesdays as we talk IU basketball, Big Ten hoops, and more here on the program. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will stop by. With Josh, we'll take a look at local stuff. Last night's games, uh, the New Albany-Jeff rivalry that concluded on Friday night, And what's ahead this weekend, some really good rival games. Jeff Floyd Central coming up on Friday night. Jeff Providence on Saturday night. Both of those games will be live here on the Big X. And so we'll cover that more today on the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, as always, here on the show, especially on game day. We'd love to hear from you, 502-414-1450. It doesn't just have to be about Indiana. It can be about Coach Cal at Kentucky. You have some thoughts on that? It can be about local sports. Anything we're going to talk about or anything you want to talk about today, send it in, 502-414-1450. And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, along with a fountain drink, tea or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda. When you become a new Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards 
to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And again, one more time, the text line number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Indiana, 7-2 and two over its last nine games against Penn State, but lost to Penn State last season on the road. And uh, Penn State, I tell you what, I think they're going in the right direction under Coach Shrewsbury. They're going to be an interesting team to watch here in future seasons, I think, in the Big Ten Conference to see if they can turn the corner as far as a solid program year in and year out under Shrewsbury's leadership here in conference play. But when it comes to the team this year, Jalen Pickett, he's a guard for the Nittany Lions. I'm sure you all know who he is. I think he's one of the best guards in the country. He really controls the game for Penn State. Second season at Penn State, he came in from Siena, a, always a really good mid-major program. But he leads the team in points at 17.9 a game, rebounds at 7.6 a game, and assists at 7.3 per game. He averages just a tick over 31 minutes a game. And a six foot four, a good defender, a good score, shot 50, shooting 54.2% from twos and 34% from three-point range. Uh, I like this guy. Pickett is a solid player. What a pickup by uh, Shrewsbury and the Nittany Lions out of the transfer portal a couple off-seasons ago. Other key names you might hear tonight, senior wing forward Seth Lundy. He's second in scoring. He's right there, I think, around 13 and a half, 14 points per game, but a really good offensive player at six foot six. Uh, efficient as well, 59.2%, almost uh, 58% there in the paint, especially, uh, but 59.257, excuse me, 57.9, so almost 58% from two point range, but most of his shots come in the paint. So he's another name. Another transfer, Penn State's really a success story so far out of the transfer portal. Cameron Winter, who's a Drexel transfer. Uh, he's also a ball handler. He averages just under 10 points per game. And then another transfer named Andrew Funk. He is a uh, really good three-point shooter, and uh, I think he came in from Bucknell. He is uh, averaging uh, 2.9 three-pointers per game, so almost three threes a game, and shooting 40% from distance for uh, Penn State. Just a few of the names tonight that should be, will likely be keys for this improved Penn State team. And again, really like what they're doing under Coach Shrewsbury as he, uh, what is it, year two of his leadership uh, at Big Ten. Also, another Shrewsbury note, I know that he recently sounded off uh, on Big Ten officiating in his uh, press conference uh, earlier in the week. And, you know, Coach Woodson was very, he was more so sounding off against uh, Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa coach, for some of the uh, antics that he always seems to have these days. But also tie that into some of the officiating as well. And then Coach Woodson, it came out earlier in the week, had, had, I think he said it on his radio show, uh, he had actually talk, had a couple conversations recently with Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, about officiating in the Big Ten. And it sounds like multiple coaches have really had some concerns uh, this season with officiating so far in league play. So that is interesting to see if anything changes or there are any, I don't know if there would be such thing as in-season directives from the league, but definitely there have been concerns. And just thinking about our, our text line, I don't get a ton of texts, but I've had a number of texts complaining about officiating. Uh, I know that fans always tend to be homers, uh, always tend to watch things through 
fan goggles, no matter what you think or what you say. Uh, but there have been some real key points made in our text uh, line, if you've listened to some of those texts that I've read, uh, that I agree as far as officiating this season and some of the recent Big Ten games, especially that Iowa game, but specifically uh, in the uh, Northwestern game, a few things stood out to me uh, from that as well. So uh, be interesting to see. Officiating, uh, one of the other big things to pay attention to, uh, this year in the Big Ten Conference. It's definitely off to a rough start, and a lot of coaches have had something to say about it. I do want to squeeze this in, um, I guess, Indiana fans, and I'm not like a big hater of Kentucky. Um, I love basketball. I, I love Southern Indiana and Kentuckiana. I think if you know me and know what I do and know what I'm about, you probably already know that. So I, I actually, in a weird way, I, I kind of pull for the area to do well. I like. I think if basketball is better here in our area, that's high school, college, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville, even Purdue. If basketball is better in our area and in our state, I think the game's better all the way around for everybody, for fans, for, for random games you might catch on television, the local level at high school when we're competing for state championships and have Division One prospects. I think it's just a good thing for our area. That said, um, what's going on in Kentucky or at Kentucky right now with Calipari is really unbelievable. Uh, the wheels, I think, officially uh, have fallen off of the Kentucky program last night with their loss at home to South Carolina. South Carolina jumped up by 10 early, led by as many as 8 or 9 late in the game. Kentucky came storming back, and I thought, okay, th- this is going to be ugly. This is going to dominate sports talk in Louisville tomorrow, how bad they've played. But my goodness, they're going to find a way to win this game against a really not good South Carolina team at home, and that's probably how it should be. They didn't. They came all the way back and ended up losing by one point. I think, if I remember correctly, Kentucky had a shot or two at the buzzer that did not go, and it's an absolute terrible, terrible loss for where this Kentucky team is in this season right now. And there have been a lot of rumors about Cal and the Texas job. I think the Texas job is a good one. Uh, obviously, I don't know it like I know Indiana or the Big Ten or other jobs in this area. But I can see that at this point. I, I don't keep up with everything UK, but I can see big money, a big opportunity, a national stage, plenty of television opportunities, a wide recruiting base, a program that's already – I think been on the upswing, you could say, under Coach Chris Beard. Who would have ever seen him being fired or exiting that program so so soon and even quickly in the middle of the season? Uh, of course, given his off-the-court issues, it makes sense. But uh, could Coach Cal uh, retreat to Texas? And does Texas want him after some of the uh, NCAA tournament uh, misses and then, of course, losing uh, last year as they did in the tournament very early? So... Uh, that's going to be interesting. It doesn't affect Indiana. It doesn't affect the Big Ten, but it definitely affects our basketball landscape here in Kentuckyana. And I tell you, my gosh, Louisville's bad this year. My goodness, Kentucky has really been faltering, and Indiana not living up to expectations either. Uh, this has really not been a good year for the Big Three here in our area. Can Indiana finish as the best, or are they the best team? I would argue definitely that Indiana's the best of the three right now when we have that Kentucky series back, and hopefully the Louisville series as well. We'll be able to answer questions like that. But with that said, very interesting uh, what's going on. Does Cal leave? 
I would be curious your thoughts. And I got to say this, and I love him as a coach. I don't agree with him as a person or his decisions and things that he's made over the years. But if I'm Texas and I can get away with it, uh, I, I hire Rick Pitino away from Iona. I think that, and I was talking with Justin, our producer, about this before we went on. I think Pitino has to make one more appearance at high major basketball, at a really meaningful program. I think it's going to happen. And if I'm Texas, there's no question about it. Uh, I take Patino over Calipari if those are legitimate options. It looks like NCAA-wise, I think can Texas could get away with it um, as, far as, uh, as far as getting Patino hired and him not having repercussions there from the NCAA. But that is going to be interesting to follow. The Cal thing, the Texas thing. Uh, boy, interesting. And with Louisville and Kenny Payne in his first year, some very interesting things to watch, that's for sure. Uh, high school basketball last night. Quickly, I want to touch on that. A couple of nice Tuesday night games, which are always good to help you get through the week. Uh, Christian Academy uh, at 7-3 and three now, a solid win over Silver Creek. Now, keep in mind it's a Silver Creek that's still dealing with a number of injuries, but that's a big win for Christian Academy and Hayden Casey. The uh, Warriors 7-3. and three. They were led by Joshua Renfro. He's a sophomore. He had 34 points, and from somebody I talked to that was there, he did so pretty quietly. Had some threes, had a lot of free throws, but uh, finished with a game-high 34 points. He has really been putting up some numbers this year. Also, David Cook for Christian Academy, he finished with 25 points as well. For Silver Creek in the loss, they were led by Caden Oliver. He had 22 points, the senior continuing to lead the way, even though things for the Dragons now 5-5 five and five have been rocky here the last few weeks, that's for sure. But definitely a big win for Christian Academy last night, despite all of the injuries for uh, Silver Creek and New Albany last night. Uh, they're the favorite to beat 2A Southwestern. They did so, but they scored 103 points. I did not know this New Albany team was capable of scoring 103 points and getting up and down like that, but they did and won 103-74 over Southwestern. That was just Southwestern's second loss of the season. Again, they're a solid team. However, we saw Providence really handle Southwestern last week. I think that was also a Tuesday night game. New Albany now 8-3 and three on the season. Uh, Tommy Devine, 24 points last night. Jordan Treat, 27 points uh, last night for the Bulldogs. Justin Carter had 15 and uh, I think five players in double figures last night. Uh, for the New Albany Club. But hard to believe uh, they've lost three games. Zionsville, who's really good. Centerville, who's really, really good. And Jeffersonville, who's got a, a ton of talent. And the Bulldogs were right there with them in a narrow four-point loss. So some really good basketball being played uh, by New Albany in the uh, final season of Jim Shannon. So a uh, big win. And to score that many points last night for New Albany, definitely very interesting. Uh, text on the text line, 502-414-1450, says, Good call on Patino to Texas. The Longhorns are loaded with talent and are prime for tournament runs the next few years. I got to tell you, again, let me say this one more time. I do not agree with Rick Patino and some of the off-the-court antics he's had. I'm not sure we'll ever know the truth on some of the things that happened at Louisville in recent years. But if he goes to Texas, count me in as a Longhorn fans. When it comes to Patino, his style, his motivation, his X's and O's, uh, how he conducts himself on the court, 
I love it, and I would have to support him there. I don't know if Texas can get away with hiring him or not, uh, given everything that's transpired, but, boy, I think that would be a big deal if they could get that done. And, uh, yes, Texas does have some young talent, and uh, I think they would cruise, continue right on that good path with Patino there. I'm not sure about Cal. That would be interesting. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the uh, Indianapolis Star. We'll talk IU Penn State tonight. We'll get you all set for that game coming up. Love to hear from you. Uh, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us. We're going to talk IU and Penn State coming up here in just a few moments. The Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you, whether it's IU or local stuff. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And if you've got a question about a specific player or something with IU, Dustin's got great Great thoughts on things, so he's a, a great guy to ask questions to. Dustin, uh, my goodness, Kentucky last night loses at home to South Carolina. Uh, lots of rumors in here far southern Indiana, the Kentucky-Indiana area, about Calipari, what his future looks like at Kentucky. Is the Texas job a viable option for him? Does Texas want him? There are lots of rumors behind the scenes about that. But uh, this Kentucky uh, deal, they're they're in trouble. And I think last night was maybe a signal that the wheels have uh, truly fallen off of that program right here as we approach mid-January. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I didn't watch it, but I just saw the score, and that's that's a that's a loss that's just not supposed to happen for those guys. And you're not you're just not seeing, uh, especially really over the last month. Uh, you know, going back to when they got you know beat handily by UCLA, they got just you know, trucked by Missouri, you know, like these, these are games you're not supposed to, to lose. I mean, Alabama by a bunch, uh, obviously the other, on Saturday, you know, South Carolina, that's a team that's not supposed to beat you at home. You're not supposed to lose at home at all through Kentucky. Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's a lot that's not supposed to happen, and obviously there, it, it seems to be uh, piling up. Um, you know, obviously it's not like South Carolina doesn't have players. I mean, Gigi Jackson's going to be a star. Uh, you know, Misha Johnson obviously at 26, and that's, that's, you know, that's not a horrible collection of talent there. Um, but you know you should win that game. You should win it at home, and, and it's just basically I'm just everything I'm seeing from you know how how they're being commented on. At least I'm not seeing all their games or anything. But um, there's just not as much fire as, as there needs to be. That there's not as many guys just acting like uh, it's that important. I mean, what you know, like just they're not. I mean, they're they're getting beat on the boards. I mean, it's just just these are things that should not happen. Also, she was obviously getting after it still. I mean, had you know played forty minutes last night, nineteen points, twelve rebounds, and that's a pretty good night. Um, but you look down down the rest of this box, and you're like, what, what are the rest of these guys doing exactly? Um, so no, I mean they're they're in some big trouble, and obviously we'll see what happens to them long term if, if this leads to uh, Calipari going in another direction. But it, it certainly seems like. Um, you know, obviously, well, well, well past the honeymoon stage. He's been there for a long time now, but 
um, you know, they, they expected more through it in, in this portion, I guess, of his career at Kentucky. Um, and I would have to think if, if, if they're ready to see him gone, he's probably ready to go, you know, I think then, then you know, wh- whether that means he goes to someplace like Texas or if he just calls it a day, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't think Cal Perry has to do this forever. Um, you know, I don't think he's a guy that feels like he's got to do this for 10 more years or whatever. I mean, I think if he decides, you know, I just, I'm just not getting anything out of this anymore. Uh, I don't know that he'll look for greener pastures. I think he'll just go and, you know, just call it a career. Yeah, interesting. And um, I've already had a couple of texts, some in agreement, others not. But uh, I like Rick Pitino to Texas. I think he would do a tremendous job. Could Texas get away with hiring him? I mean, I think he's been cleared, right, by the NCAA, so Iona has no worries there. Texas, would, would, would they hire him given his what's happened here? I mean, I if I were them, I wouldn't. Um, now it's oh, don't, not. Don't kill my dream, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be great radio. Uh, no, I think um, it, it, you know, like I mean, obviously, you know, they could win with him. I mean, that that's for sure. Uh, if if they got him and he, and he could win there, and I think he'd do. But, you know, like he, as far as coaching would, would be concerned. But I mean, you still you, you always have to be concerned about the, the PR situation when, when you. Lose a guy for the reason, reason you're losing Chris Beard. You don't want to get anybody that's ever been touched by anything. Um, you know, like it's like kind of your next hire really has to be on the up and up. Um, and it's, it's certainly different because it's, you're, you're not talking about like a wave of corruption sort of thing with Beard. You're talking about a violent incident, um, so or an alleged violent incident um, to be you know really on the right side of the law there. But you know, you, you generally try when, when you've had a hire that's gone wrong for behavioral reasons and not for wins and losses reasons. You try to make sure that the next guy you hire doesn't have any sort of behavioral issues whatsoever. And, you know, like, not that Patino doesn't have a similar situation, um, but, you know, he he has not great stuff. So I would think that they would look for something sort of cleaner and easier, um, if you will. That would be sort of my first thought. I mean, it would, you know, like, they, they have... You know, obviously they have money, they have a program that's been successful, they have talent on the team right now. Uh, they're going to be able to get uh, a really good hire out of this. And, and, you know, certainly they can go for somebody who's absolutely a proven winner, who's won titles and whatnot. Um, and, and you could go for the gold there, but, you know, you also do have to say, okay, well, or, you know, he did this thing, he did that thing. You know, like you don't have a show cause that you have to worry about, um, but you still have that kind of baggage. And I don't know that if you're coming off something like this, you want baggage. Dustin Opirak, the Indianapolis star with us. I promise uh, listeners that we'll get to IU Penn State here in just a moment, but one other kind of general college basketball topic I did want to chat it up with you about uh, a bit today is, I tell you what, not only Mike Woodson, but uh, Micah Shrewsbury, and I think others, uh, I think about uh, Coach Willard at Maryland, they've been critical of various things in the Big Ten basketball world this year, but most recently a number of coaches speaking up about the uh, concerns they have with officiating. And even even earlier this week, we heard Mike Woodson say that he's reached out, I think he said multiple times, to have conversations with Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, who, by the way, the last I heard, uh, was still a candidate for the Chicago Bears. Was G- Is it GM or president? I don't know if they've made a, made a move there mm-hmm. or not. But nonetheless, uh, a lot of people, a lot of coaches with some legit concerns, I think, about officiating uh, here to start the, the Big Ten season. Yeah, and I think also what, uh, you know, uh, Shrewsbury and, and, and Woodson are guys I take particularly seriously, especially Shrews. Um, and because they, 
they've both been in the NBA. They've both been assistants in the NBA, and I think they have a worldly sense of this is what it's like elsewhere. You know, like, and, and this is how you're going to be viewed, and, and this is how this affects the league on a macro scale. And I think that that was what I found most interesting about Shrewsbury's comments was, if you know, he was basically saying, like, you know, if, if we want to be thought of and we want to be prepared for the tournament, and and there and, and that's how you're ultimately judged as a league. Like, you can't be officiated differently early in the game versus later in games. You, you can't have this, you know, this much. Uh, people get away with this much, and you know, I mean, that's uh, um, you know, I mean, I talked to it's, it, 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 kind of you know, um, it, is involved here. Like, when I talked to Ronald Norred about being defense coordinator with the Pacers, and he said, you know, it's it's harder to be a defensive player now. He says because you're, he, he says, I used to foul all the time. I used to, you know, like that's why I was such a good defender. Butler's, I was fouling everybody and getting away with it, and you know, but we could could, and that was the rules. So we took advantage of what the rules gave us. He's like, you're not allowed to do that in the same way, and so. The issue is, is that like, all right, like if you're getting away with hand checks, you're getting away with with you know physical contact, and you're not getting fouls, you know, then like that doesn't translate to the next level. You're gonna have to actually adjust when you play in the NBA because they're like, okay, we're calling this on you now. Um, and if it's if if you're allowed to get away with it in the Big Ten, you're not really you know uh, uh, preparing guys for defense to the next level. And so like I think those were all parts of the arguments he was trying to make was that, you know, like it's, it's not preparing you for the tournament where they'll call it tighter and you know, you'll, you'll end up getting in foul trouble. Like we're, we're letting a lot of this stuff go. He says, you know, like it's not that I don't, he's like, look, we we're going to get beat by Purdue either way. Um, they played better than us, but all the same, like, I mean, I, there's no reason why I, you know, we, we were only shooting like 10 free throws between the two of us. Like that was a physical game. Like that's not a 10 free throw game. You know, like we should be, we, should, we earned free throws and they earned free throws too. But like, you know, I'm going to fight for my guys, and so I think that that really told me that that that's something that somebody was looking at for a big picture's perspective. And uh, you know, Shrews has some. You know, he's got Southern Indiana roots, and I don't know if you've you've crossed paths with him, but he's a super super smart smart guy. I got to talk to him a bunch when he was coaching at Purdue, and I've I've got to run into him since he's had the Penn State job and, and talk to him a little bit about that. Um, and you know, he gets it on a, on a really high level. So like, I think that's definitely a guy that you got to consider. And then obviously Woodson. As well, who spent years and years in the NBA, and he, he like he, he knows what the difference looks like and how things are officiated at the next level, and how they officiate in the Big Ten, and and you know ultimately you, you do have to look at it, at how it's been been done being done at the highest level and say you got to go for that standard. You don't want to be playing a different game than they're going to be playing when they go professional, uh, and you don't want to be playing a different game than they're going to be playing when they go to the tournament. Um, so I, I think that's that's important. I mean, I think I've heard this before, and I, I'm the worst press box official there is. You know, like I mean, everybody's like, well, do you think that was a foul? I'm the worst at that, being able to tell that uh, in real time when I'm watching a game. Like I'm, I, I could not be a ref at all. So like I, I don't have sort of, of of personal thoughts on that. But when somebody like Shrewsbury or Woodson says that, I, I take it seriously. And obviously, Woodson's got reason just because about the friend McCaffrey thing. I mean, that was just ridiculous, like just on its face. I mean, I think anybody could say like you don't when you know when a, when a ref is having a conversation with another coach, you don't turn around and get in his face and yell at him. Like that's just they and I'll get all all the way into someone else's sideline. Like you know that's ridiculous. And like I I don't you know like have anything against Fran. And I think some of Fran's you know animations are ultimately good for the game in the league. Um, you know because he's a guy that you have to watch. But I mean sometimes it's just it's absurd and you can't get away with it. Like that's a, you get a tech for that period. And there's no reason why there shouldn't have been a tech there. Mike Woodson's got every reason to call Kevin Warren and find out why the heck not. 
Absolutely. Talking to Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Uh, good stuff. Now let's dig into tonight's game. Indiana back in a regular rotation of games. We go through, a was it a 14-day period with no basketball, no IU basketball, and now Iowa on Thursday, Northwestern on Sunday, Penn State on Wednesday. And uh, Dustin, these are all big. They're conference games. We know how tough road games games are Penn State uh, you mentioned coach Shrewsbury who yes uh, he's been on this show before great guy and, and you did a great job I think kind of telling a little bit about him and your answer uh, but Penn State's the real deal I think and Indiana's got their work cut out for him tonight um, I mentioned this in the first segment a couple people have said oh it's a must-win game tonight I'm not to that point with this team it's uh, not even January 15th yet but I do think that Indiana needs to get this thing corrected as far as some issues that we've seen now the last number of games and ultimately get a, a win in the column here as they get into 2023. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm far enough to calling it must-win just because of – I'm just looking at the schedule and seeing what's next. Um, and it's uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State. you got to get one on the board now. You really got to. I mean, you, you can't uh, because you can easily, if you lose this one, you could easily lose the next three uh, without any question. Then you're standing there at, what, one and seven? Then you're in trouble. You know, I, I think you're very much, I, I think you're in the must-win category here. Uh, you know, again, I went to that school. I know what the uh, its home field court advantage is and what it is not. That's a place you got to go in and win, and it's a different environment. It's a different environment that you got to get used to because I mean I, I, it'll probably be better tonight. I imagine. I, I I don't know. I know no no longer know Penn State's academic calendar by heart, but I imagine they're back in class. I imagine the students are going to be there, and so there's going to be some level of environment. It's not going to be nearly as dead as it is if you get them right after New Year's, which they have. You know, Indiana has on a couple occasions um, when there's nobody in that building. Um, but it's a place you got to be able to go and win. But it's a good team. I mean, this is this is one of the better teams they've had in recent years. And I guess Shrewsbury's terrific coach. You can tell um, that he is fighting for that group. That he like on all kinds of levels. That he's trying to get everybody on that campus to recognize how good they are. Um, and because it's not easy to do, you got to you got to fight with wrestling and hockey there um, to get some some notice. Uh, and it's not easy to do, and he's fighting for them, basically. And, and, and again, he's just a terrific exit nose coach. He's going to be a tough guy to be at home for sure. Um, but I think it's a game you got to win because, I mean, like, obviously you're getting Wisconsin at home, but they're still Wisconsin. You know, they're going to be a pain. You know that. I mean, Illinois is really, really talented, and you get Michigan State after that, and they're really good. They just won at Wisconsin. Um, so it can go south on you fast. So I think this is a game that you got to win because, I mean, you're going you're to face worse environments uh, for sure. I mean, you've you got to be able to win some games on the road, and if, if you know, if you can't win at Penn State, then there's not a lot of road environments you can you can win in the Big Ten. Um, so, it's 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 one that you got to win again. Yeah, I've certainly seen a lot worse Penn State teams. You know, Jalen Pickett's terrific. I mean, I think he's he's making a real push to be first team All Big Ten. Seth Lundy's still there. I feel like he's been there forever, and he's still shooting forty percent from three. Uh, the Andrew Funk kid can light it up too. He's got forty six threes this year. I mean, they got real deal shooters. Miles Dredd is still there. I feel like those guys have been there literally forever. But I mean, they can still knock them down. Um, and they got a lot of good pieces. They are going to be a tough, tough out uh, for this for this Indiana team. But uh, I, you know, I, like it, it is mid January. I know it's early, but it can get late really fast. Like you said, I mean, you're, you're back to regular season. This 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 season moves quick, and if you don't pick it up right now, you know, you're looking at Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan State. You can very easily be uh, entirely out of con- con- contention by January 23rd if you don't pick it up and start getting some wins. 
Yeah, for sure. Talking with Dustin Dopirak. You mentioned Jalen Pickett. That's where I was headed next. He's had an outstanding uh, season leading the team in the three major categories, points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, he's making a real push at things, and uh, he's he's the guy. I don't think there's any question mm-hmm. about that for Coach Ruse. Yeah, no, he really is. I mean, I, I was really impressed by him last year. Uh, you know, didn't know too much about him before, but he's got a lot of length to really score the basketball. Uh, you know, good if not great shooter. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm just looking at his bio now. He's six four two oh nine, but he plays so much bigger than that. Like he's he's got so much length. Um, you know, that allows him to rebound at the level he does. And so he is, he, you know, he's a tough tough player. Obviously, he's an older guy. I mean, you know, I think he's a fifth year guy. Uh, but I mean, just just all of his numbers are, are just tremendous. I mean, he's had games where he's had 11 assists. I mean, I think he's had never had less than three in a game. He's averaging. He's got 117 16 games. That's a ton. Uh, averaging seven seven point six rebounds. You know, just just really good at getting the bucket and finishing. Um, again, can shoot it well enough that you have to guard him out there. He's not a great shooter, but he's good enough shooting almost 85 percent of the line, getting to the line a good bit. Um, you know, tough guy to just keep out of there. Playing 35 minutes, just been. Uh, just an absolute workhorse for those guys. So, yeah, I mean, he is definitely, you know, right now, if you're putting together first team all day 10, I think you got to put him on there. Uh, and he's tough. I and mean, so they, again, they surround him with shooters. So he's got guys that he can hit up. I don't know if they have the size that they've had uh, in the past. They don't have a John Harar like they've had. And, and I think that's one area uh, where Indiana has his best chance to take advantage of it. It could be a really good game for Trace Jackson Davis. You're really going to be able to pound it uh, into him. But they got a lot of good, you know, a really good wing shooters. And they can, they can pile up threes on you really fast uh, with the way Pickett, you know, moves the basketball. Um, so that's, I think, the biggest thing they got to be concerned about is they just don't get buried in threes out there. You know, speaking of playing at a high level and making a push for some sort of Big Ten honor, let's talk about Jalen hood Shafino. As things have, I don't know, decayed a bit, there have been some concerning areas for Indiana, that's for sure, uh, he has stepped his game up. And I think the crazy thing is uh, he, there's even more that can come from him, I, I think, this season. Uh, but he has been a bright spot for Indiana in this troubled time here of late. And does he continue to play at that level or even higher on the road? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to get 33 out of him every night. Um, but he's obviously, I think you just saw a ton of growth uh, in him since Xavier Johnson's been hurt. He's obviously recognized that he's got to be the guy. He really, really has to be the guy, you know, not just running the point, uh, but he has to score. I mean, he's, you know, he's there. You know, best handler, best passer, best shooter, best you know playmaker. You know, best scorer at all three levels. Uh, you know, everything. I mean, he, obviously, Trace is Trace. You know, and and he's you know their best big and and, and best front court player and, and the best overall player. Um, and but you know, Jalen has to do everything for you on the perimeter. And, and obviously, I mean, like I think Tamar Bates is rising up and, and becoming a better player. But I mean, you needed you needed more from him on on Sunday uh, than you got. And so it, so they they need to get what they've been getting from him off the bench. You need to translate that and, and become um, you know and all the time every game. You know, get, getting you ten. And, He's got to get you ten on a bad night, you know, tomorrow. At this point, like that's that's kind of where he needs to be. Is he can't just be getting you double figures when he's on. He's got to get, be getting you double figures when he's off and close to twenty when he's on. You know, and I, and I think he's good enough for that, and I think he's capable of being being that guy. Um, so, so you need him to make that leap to being a starter. You know, average twelve, thirteen, fourteen a game player, so that so that he's double figures at least. Um, but, you know, Hood Shafino, again, he's just made so many strides so fast. He knew that it was there coming in. I mean, you knew everything that everything, everybody was saying about him was true. Um, but he, but he's, he's, 
just really stepped up when he's, when he's been needed. And that's, that's a tough situation for a freshman to be in. You go from a scenario where, okay, you're, you're, you're sharing these point guard duties. You're going to be the guy half the time. You're going to play off the ball the rest of it. You know, like you're going to share the ball with, with Xavier Johnson. There's, this, this, this is what the situation is going to be, what, what the dynamic is going to be like. And then it totally changes, and it's your, it's your game. You know, all of a sudden that guy's out. You got to be the guy. You got to defend. You know, a, a lot of times the, the opponent's best, you know, perimeter player, uh, stuff like that. You know, like all, all of those, uh, you know, uh, responsibilities are yours now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done a phenomenal job and he, he really dragged them, you know, made that a close game. I mean, if, if Jalen's not phenomenal on Sunday, they get boat raced by Northwestern at home. So I think that's. Uh, he, he's clearly making, you know, some huge strides, you know, becoming the guy. And he's got to bring some guys along, along with him, but uh, he's keeping, you know, the ship afloat right now. Um, and so, again, they, they, they've got to do more to actually get some wins. Uh, but he's keeping a minute, and, and that's uh, uh, that says a whole lot for a freshman. Indiana obviously needs some other players to step up. Uh, Geronimo, I think we all thought maybe he was one of those guys, and maybe he could still be, but – Obviously, not in, in recent games, especially when he's had some big opportunities. But is there – and Tamar Bates, I want to mention him as well. He he, he seemed to be prime but he's a starting position and maybe was kind of finding his role and a bigger role on this team. And there's still, still lots of basketball to be played to see exactly what happens with some of these guys. But is there somebody next up that maybe will get a chance for Indiana or that you think maybe – is primed to step into a bigger role than what they are right now, given some of the injuries? I mean, all those guys you mentioned, so, so I'll, I'll answer this in two parts. Uh, Tamar Bates, Malik Renew, and Jordan Geronimo are, I mean, Renew and Geronimo are better than they're playing. I think we know that. Um, you know, like, I'm, I mean, how, how many times this summer did we talk about how good they could be? You know, I mean, like, how many times do we have that conversation? How many times do we talk about what, you know, can Geronimo be a three? Do you got to find a way to, you know, to get him on the floor if race is going to start? You know, with race injured, I mean, like, Geronimo has to step up. And you know it's in there. Like, I mean, like, it, it hasn't happened so far, but, like, Geronimo's got to become a guy. We've seen it. You know, like, it, it's not like this is someone that we're just imagining that, that, that he's just, like, a, you know, that he's all potential and, and, and you know, no follow-through. I mean, we've seen Jordan Geronimo have great, great games. You know, so that's got to be in there. You know, like I, I don't know what's holding them back or, or whatever or what's wrong or, or, or what what it is, but like I'm looking across these numbers, like averaging 13.1 minutes, he's only going to get like 2.4 rebounds a game. Like this isn't the guy we've seen. You know, like we, we've seen this guy do special things on a basketball court coming off the bench. So like he's he's he has to step up. Like I, I just I can't imagine him going this the rest of the season without. You know, having one of those crazy Jordan Geronimo games where he's just dunking on people's heads and blocking shots from nowhere and grabbing, you know, ten rebounds. Like he he's got a game like that in him. He has to renew the same way. You know, like he he's he's got to be able to to play uh, at a higher level. I mean, he's a talented kid. You know, there's there's more to him, I'm sure. Um, but as far as guys that are going to get more minutes, uh, that that are going to you know, from a time standpoint, benefit from Johnson being out at CJ Gunn. You know, I, I think you're seeing that kid's got just a ton of confidence. Um, you know, he's two of 18 for three. It sure as heck doesn't look like it. He believes every single one's going to go in. Um, and that matters. I mean, you need a guy like that, you know, like, and they're going to go for him eventually, but the way that he plays, he just goes after it so hard, you know. And so I think that's the guy that eventually the dam is going to break for him and he's, he's going to hit some shots. He's going to get some more minutes with Johnson being out, you know. And, and there's, he's definitely the type of kid that you look at it. If, if the starters or the first line guys aren't playing that well, 
you know, like he's a guy that you look at, you know, like, you know what, like if I put CJ Gunn in there, he's going to bust his butt. He might miss six threes. I don't care. He's going to take him and he's going to fight, you know? And, and so if Mike Woodson has one of those nights where he's just like, you know what, nobody else is giving me what I need, you know, CJ get in there and just bust it for a while. Um, and just show everybody else what they need to do from an energy standpoint. I think CJ Gunn's a guy who fits that mold. Just, I feel like every time I see him play, he, he lights up the floor. Again, even if he's not making any shots. And, you know, again, I, I, I just looked at the stats. I can't believe he's 2 of 18. I can't believe it. And Because he doesn't shoot like he's afraid. You know, like, he doesn't shoot like he's only he's, he's shooting, you know, 11%. Like, he believes every time that thing's going to go in. So, you know, I, I think that's guys going to get more minutes. But really, Bates, Geronimo, and Renew are guys that are – I mean, you're talking five-star players, you know. Like, I mean, I, I know Geronimo's a three-star, but, like, he's, you know, he's a four- or five-star raw athlete. Um, you know, th- those guys have a ton of potential, and it's got to turn into results now. And, and, and it can. I mean, like, it, it can, I think, is the biggest thing. When you look at those guys, like, they are capable of being a Big Ten contender because those guys have a ton of talent, and they just need it to show up into results right now. Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis star, my guest. Dustin, we went uh, way too long today, but uh, great stuff as always. Appreciate your insight. We'll talk with you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. uh, Quick break. We're back with Josh Cook for a real short segment, unfortunately, on local sports, but with game day and so many topics around IU, the Big Ten, college hoops, uh, all necessary stuff with Dustin today. Texter says on the text line, Thornton's text line, Jay Wright would be a good fit for Texas. Uh, I agree. I don't know if Coach Wright will ever make a return to college basketball or not, but thank you for the text. We'll head to a commercial break. Josh Cook is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with me. We always talk local sports and a lot of high school basketball this time of year. And, Josh, we had a busy Tuesday night, Christian Academy, with a big win over shorthanded Silver Creek last night. And how about New Albany breaking the 100-point mark as they uh, defeated a solid 2A team in southwestern Hanover? Yeah, two uh, two impressive performances. That's for sure. Uh, you know, Christian Academy's off to off to a great start. You know, I think they're seven and three. So, um, yeah, Hayden Casey's one of the one of the best coaches, probably in Southern Indiana, best young coaches in Southern Indiana. And and Josh Renfro, man, he's off to a great start. He's only a sophomore, and he's having a great start to his uh, his season this year. So, he's really establishing himself too as one of the, one of the better players in Southern Indiana as well. So. Uh, that was an impressive performance, definitely for for Christian Academy to get that victory at uh, Silver Creek last night, and then yeah, New Albany. I mean, that was uh, uh, I was there for a little bit of that game. Um, saw Boomer, uh, the Pacers mascot, at halftime throw down some dunks, but uh, missed missed the third quarter uh, uh, highlights, which was uh, Tommy Devine shooting the heck out of the basketball, and 
you know, New Albany really turned it on, I guess, after that. But, uh, yeah, impressive performance, you know, uh, they're, uh, they continue to, to, to play, to play pretty well. It's when they're shooting the ball, you know, I get, when they're shooting the ball well, they're a tough, they're a tough team to beat. Uh, you know, I guess they, they, they couldn't keep that up against, uh, Jeff last Friday night, but they did for one half. So, uh, you know, they just, um, what, I think they're won eight games now, which is, which is pretty impressive, uh, uh pretty impressive start for them so far so yeah i mean two big wins last night that's for sure no question josh cook sports editor of the news and tribune the great thing about january i know it's back to work the holidays are over the weather's normally pretty crappy here in our area but we get to think ahead to march madness and sectionals and all that uh, i'm excited about this time of year because of some of the rivalry games we had jeff new albany friday it was a great game great environment the 93 reunion was awesome now this weekend, we're going to be broadcasting two big games, Jeff Floyd on Friday night, Jeff Providence on Saturday night. So it's kind of rivalry season here in the area. Yeah, it definitely is. This is definitely turning into the, the rivalry month, that's for sure. And it should be pretty, too, uh, I mean, should be a lot of good games this weekend, as you mentioned those two. And then there's some other ones as well. Um, I know when uh, Christian Academy goes to Henryville, and Henryville's won six in a row, so... That should be an interesting one, uh, but yeah, I mean that that, that Providence Jeff game was probably be the the game that I would uh, circle on the calendar for this weekend. That should be a, a really really interesting game. You know, Providence uh, looked looked pretty good uh, last week against Clarksville. I saw them for a bit in that game, and uh, you know had that impressive win over Southwestern too last week. So um, you know they're they're playing well, and, and Jeff coming off that win over New Albany. Um, you know, Jeff's uh, sophomores are really, really stepping up. So that's going to be a really, really intriguing game to me. Um, I might, uh, I might have to go. I have to go check that one out myself to see, uh, see that, see those two teams face off. I tell you what, I'm glad, so glad you mentioned Henryville. The Hornets have won six in a row, seven and three on the year. They lost their first two games of the season. Then they lost their fourth game of the season to Charlestown. So they've been on quite a streak. And as Henryville improves and has it rolling, uh, I've kind of circled January 20th. Providence and Henryville, uh, that could be a good one. Yeah, another another good one. And then um, what, New Albany and Providence is coming up. And uh, uh, Providence Christian Academy is coming up. Uh, and uh, I think those are all this month. And then I think Borden and, Borden and Henryville should also be this month. So... There's just a lot of good games this month, man. You're right. It's, it's, a, it's a stacked month, that's for sure. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We've got to get out of here, Josh. A really quick chat today. We'll do more next week. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a great one. All right. Again, high school basketball Friday and Saturday on the Big X. We've got Floyd Central at Jeff on Friday, pregame about 715 and Saturday night over at Providence, the Pioneers and Ryan Miller will host the Red Devils uh, at 7.15. That's our broadcast time as well. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the game. Back with you Thursday. Alex Bozich is with me for a great part of the hour to recap the game tonight. Have a great day. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.